now. Back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. On Yahoo Sports Radio. I want winners. Our first guest could write the book on winning in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens hired John Harbaugh as head coach in 2008, and he has never, ever endured a losing season seven years on the job. He has taken the Ravens to the playoffs six times, reached three AFC title games, and won a Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, John Harbaugh has won 64.2% of his career games, a better winning percentage than Hall of Fame coaches Paul Brown, Tom Landry, and Joe Gibbs. And as you might know, John is from a family of coaches. His father, Jack, was a head coach at Western Michigan and Western Kentucky. His brother, Jim, coached the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl, is now the head coach of his alma mater, the University of Michigan. That won't make Goose Goslin very happy. And his brother-in-law, Tom Crean, is the head basketball coach at the University of Indiana. John Harbaugh, thanks for joining us. Great to be with you guys. It's an honor. So, John, who was the best coach in your family? Oh, Mom, without question. <laughs> Jackie's the best coach. She's, she's responsible for everything. She's responsible for all the good stuff. I guess uh, we'll blame all the bad stuff on Dad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Goose, you're not too fired up about the, the Michigan. I thought you were a Michigan guy as well. I know you, you're Sparty, but you got a little Michigan in your blood for, for U of M, too, don't you? I've got a nephew that went to Michigan. He's a proud yeah. Alumni, I don't hold it against them. <laughs> so, John, who do you think he roots for when Michigan State plays Michigan? Spartans. Well, I'm pretty sure that's true. Or when they play Indiana in basketball, can't fault them. He's loyal grad, yeah. No yeah, he's got the green shirt with matching pants. It's pretty bad. <laughs> and a white belt. White yeah, and a white belt, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. You know him well. John, Clark and I both uh, used to live in Baltimore uh, and work in Baltimore. Certainly we were sad to see what went on in Baltimore. Uh, you know, I know that neighborhood fairly well from chasing a lot of basketball players around there. And I, just, uh, I know you just spent the last four months or so getting ready for the draft and how important that is. But I'm just wondering how difficult it was to maintain your focus on that when this very serious civil unrest was going on you know right downtown well like everybody else we were watching it and you know I, we had a lot of friends uh, a lot of police officer friends who were, who were down there who were you know working triple shifts overtime and everything like that that we you know text every now and then and pray for and, and friends down there clergy members teachers coaches that we know high school coaches that were involved families so it hit home because it was home this is right in our backyard we had a chance to get down there on Thursday as a team. Team went down there. Pretty much everybody. We had over 55 guys go with us. Everybody that was working out. Joe was there. Ray Lewis went down there with us. The whole coaching staff. It was phenomenal. I, I said it was one of the best days of my life. You know that was uh, after things had calmed down just a little bit, but things were still kind of smoldering a little bit. And, but we and we had honest conversations with all the high school kids. You know, there at Frederick Douglass High School went to an elementary school. We were passing out food through the giant foods in a food bank. But people coming out of their cars, coming out of their houses, coming off the street, coming out of their workplace, just to hang out and high-five and laugh and tell stories and get pictures. And to me, that's kind of the connection. That's what it's all about, you know. And community is a family. A team is a family. And you know, those are the kind of the more powerful moments. Baltimore's got a great heart, a lot of great people, you know, a lot of people that want peace. But they want they want things to be right, too, so... It was a pretty pretty amazing experience, and hopefully, you know, lots and lots of good will come out of the whole thing. Well, we're with Baltimore Ravens coach John Harbaugh on the Talk of Fame Network, and John, uh, you faced another crisis last fall with the Ray Rice incident and his suspension and his ultimate release. I understand as a head coach, 
your job is to win football games. But how difficult was it to maintain all that, you know, that focus that you're supposed to have as a coach last September when the Rice incident was coming to a head? Right. Yeah, Clark, you're right. I mean, it's amazing how life, and it's just such a, to me, such a metaphor for life because it's never simple. You know, there's always, uh, there's always complexities that go on. And, you know, even the, the situation itself was a very complex situation, you know, because we're talking, you know, people that we know, you know, Janae and Ray were family for us and, and always will be. And that we were, yet they were in a very, you know, hard, painful, bad situation. And, and, and in some ways still working their way out of that, though. They're both trying to do all the right things. So, you know, on the one hand, we were t- thinking about it. Our players were thinking about it. We were affected by it. Then it was also a national issue. I mean, it touched a real nerve, you know, and, and it's something that, you know, I know I personally, I think all of us learned a lot about domestic violence. It's not something that I'd ever been, you know, around. I know a lot of our players had and a lot of some of our coaches had and had a lot more experience with it, but it was new for me. And to get a chance to, you know, get around people in the community that are on the front lines of dealing with this societal issue, you learn a lot. And now I think hopefully, you know, in sports, I mean, if you look back in the history of sports, whether it be Jackie Robinson or a host of other type of things, you know, sports gets out in front a lot of times for good. And that's what, you know, hopefully I believe that we're trying to, I know we're trying to do it and hopefully we can do it. And that's just what you try to do. So we're a lot better in that area than we were a year ago. That's for sure. Just try to do our best. But it really wasn't that hard to get focused, Clark, because we had the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, coming to town three days later. You know, it all broke on a Monday. And the Steelers were coming in for that Thursday night game. So, you know, as a football team, you're united. You're very tight inside the building. You are family. And there was really no time other than spend, you know, really all of our energy on getting ready for a great football. John, let's talk about another emotional time in your head coaching career, that that Ravens 49ers Super Bowl against your brother Jim. At any point during the game, standing on the sideline, could you stop and just enjoy the moment and say, you know, this is really cool? I mean, that's never happened before. It may never happen again. And it was all about the Harbaugh family. Yeah, yeah, you know, you tried, like, before the game, I wanted to go out there and enjoy it a little bit, but Jim was trying to avoid me. I, I chased him all around the field for about 10 minutes. You know, then he comes over, then, then I, I'm talking to Akers, because David and I had had some time together in Philly, and he comes over and he goes, you trying to get my kicker's head? I'm like, oh, my God, you're crazy, man. I, you, know, I, you know, we got to talk, come on, we're brothers, we got to talk, it's Super Bowl. You know, he smiled, laughed, you know, we chatted a little bit, but, you know, there is exactly a moment, Rick, where you look, there's moments where, I mean, you're caught up in play calling and substitutions and clock management or whatever it might be, you know, through the course of the game, the emotions of the game. But you do, you know, take a deep breath and, and look across the field and you think, man, that's my brother over there. It was really true the Thanksgiving game the first time we played. I mean, it was almost like couldn't even believe, you know, we were standing on the opposite sideline. But the other thing is in that Super Bowl game, you know, we did have, I don't know, a little bit of a moment to reflect there, like about 36 minutes worth of time to reflect <laughs> when the game stopped. Remember that? <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. sir. Lights went out. <laughs> yeah, it was a little time to think about things, I guess. So, but that was a great moment. I mean, it was just one of those. It was even better because we won. I mean, I look, I look back on that afternoon very fondly. Who did pull the plug? Did Jim pull the plug on those lights? There's, rumor has it. Rumor has it. There was. Uh, I think Ray Lewis didn't he claim there was some kind of a conspiracy afoot or something? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get back to the to the draft again for a minute, if we could, uh, John. Your quarterback, Joe Flacco, uh, I guess said on the eve of the draft that he didn't believe the Ravens needed to draft any receivers. Then you, uh, if I got it right, I think you took pass catches with the first two picks and four receivers in, in nine selections. So can we assume that Ozzie Newsom's opinion carries more weight in the building than Joe Flacco's opinion when, <laughs> when you're sitting on draft day? We can. We can definitely assume that. That would be a very logical assumption. Ozzie is still turning in the cards. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it was really cool what Joe said, you know, and he's basically, you know, like any leader, I mean, he's stepping up for his guys and basically saying, 
saying, you know, we've got what we need here with the guys we've got and expressing confidence in those guys, and I'm, I'm sure they appreciated that. And one thing about Joe, I mean, Joe's not the kind of guy that worries too much about stuff, as you guys know. I mean, he just basically says, we'll do it with whatever we got. You know, and I think he's got a lot of confidence in, in his own abilities. You know, he's kind of a low-key guy. He's not brash at all, but, you know, he believes in, uh, you know, guys he's got i'm sure he's happy with the guys we we added too so you know they'll be the, they'll be ours now too so i thought it was pretty cool what he said it's funny you mentioned low-key we were talking last week on here and saying the last time ron and i saw him he was driving into the game into the parking lot in his pickup truck we saw all these limos going by and then all of a sudden this guy in a pickup truck went yes joe flacco <laughs> <laughs> was it a fairly right. new pickup truck or kind of nice or was it uh no this was beaten up a little bit i think uh, but it was yeah. that was i think it was the the divisional playoff game when you were um playing indy you know in 2012 for the oh, playoffs yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, probably pre-Super Bowl. Yeah, pre-Super Bowl. That's right. <laughs> right, hey, John, right, right. John, why is Joe the perfect quarterback for your team? That's a great question. I, I think it has a lot to do with Baltimore. You know, you kind of mentioned the uh, the situation in Baltimore. I think Joe's a just he's, he's genuine. He's real. He's not brash. He's not flashy. He's not trying to impress anybody. He's just himself. You know, and I think he's honest and he's genuine. And he tells he'll tell you what he thinks. You get in a conversation with him, but he's not you know out there beating the drum to, to have his opinion be heard. He just wants you to you know he wants it to be real. And he wants to. He wants he wants to compete. He wants to do his best. I don't know. I just He's a humble guy. He's really tough, really mentally tough, really physically tough. Uh, the Ravens have a tradition of that. You know, that's kind of how it's always been. Even if you go back to the old Browns, all the way back to, you know, Art Modell and, and, uh, and the championships in the 50s and all that, that's what this organization has really stood for. So, you know, to me, he's kind of kind of a perfect fit. And, and as time goes on, it's going to be realized. I think when people look back on Joe Flacco's time, you know, it's going to be one of those iconic type of careers, Johnny Unitas type of career. And, uh, you know, we're doing everything we can to make it, you know, as successful as we can. But, you know, I think he's going to ultimately be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I believe that. No doubt in my mind about it. You know, we're in the midst of it right now. John, since you became head coach in 2008, a team from the AFC North has gone to five AFC title games and won two Super Bowls. Each time, if it wasn't the Ravens playing for all the marbles, it was the Steelers. Now, we've called the Ravens-Steelers rivalry the best in football on this program. In what ways do the Steelers drive the Ravens and vice versa? Yeah, great, Goose. That's kind of an interesting question. I, probably all the ways that you just talked about because we're always both there. We have to deal with each other. You know, I think I'm quite sure that we watch each other in the off season, And we watch the Browns and the Bengals, too, because they're in our division. But it's kind of been the Steelers and the Ravens, you know. And it's one of those things that doesn't last just a year or two or three. It's lasted year after year after year ever since 08 that I've been a part of it and long before that. I mean, when I first got here in 08, you know, I knew the Steelers and the Ravens was a big deal. But once I get inside, you know, with, with Jared Johnson and Ed Reed and those guys, and they kind of, I felt their emotion. We played them on Monday night there. And it was the third game of the season. And we were 2-0, and you know, and they were just, it was just a whole different feeling about, you know, Heinz Ward and Big Ben. And it was just different. And to me, it hasn't changed. It's evolved maybe, but fundamentally, it's still just as passionate or more passionate than ever. And to me, it's because we're both, we both matter. I mean, we have to win. If we want to do anything in our division, if we want to make the playoffs, if we want to have a successful season, either one of us, we have to win. It brings out the best in both teams. I mean, each of us play our best in those games, it seems like. I mean, we always get the best shot. We never get a not a great performance from them. I feel like they probably feel the same way about us. So, Goose, it's just it's special, man, and it's not going away anytime soon. Obviously, there's a lot of difficult things, John, about your job. But other than talking to the three amigos here, what's the most enjoyable part of your job, and what's the <laughs> least enjoyable part of your job? Oh, man, I'll tell you, the... the let me start with the least enjoyable part. You know, the least enjoyable part is the, you know, I think it's something that has, it's not endemic to coaching or any particular profession, but, you know, the whole social media thing and the whole, you know, the, 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 the things that, you know, it's great for society and it's great for progress and everything, but, you know, it's almost like a, uh, I don't know, a, a business out there of trashing people. 
you know, and it happens everywhere to everybody that's, you know, in the lab. I don't care if you're a writer or if you're an entertainer or if you're just a person. Heck, if you're a schoolgirl, you know, in seventh grade, it happens. And that's the thing that's probably toughest, you know, because so many things get said that are just so absurd and outrageous and basically lies and, and you know, integrities get questioned and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, that that's kind of a bummer. But, you know, hey, everybody's got a face set nowadays, so you don't worry about too much. The best thing is the people, you know, the relationships, the players, the coaches, the families, the kids coming around, people that you work with every day, fans. Like, you know, like we said, going down to, to uh, northwest Baltimore down there and, and just hanging out and, 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 you know, one person after another and hugging and talking and laughing. Get a chance to do that. That is by far the best part. But our locker room after a game, win or loss, you know, how close you feel to the guys that you just went to battle with. That's priceless, man. I think that's why we, that's why, you know, nobody ever wants to get out of this profession. Keep doing it as long as you can. Hey, John, the best thing for us today was talking to you. Thanks very <laughs> oh, much for stopping oh, okay. by. Well, thanks thanks, thanks for stopping by and best of luck to you this season, especially with keeping Marty and Mark Tressman in line, okay? Oh, they're the best, man. Those two guys, two characters. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thanks, John. That was Baltimore coach John Harbaugh. When we return, we'll go over the burning questions he and others are going to face going into mid camps. This is the Talk of Fame Network.